What's up, Melanated family? This is your boy Harrison Man bringing you another episode of the Melanated Convo Podcast. Thank you again for everybody tuning in to another show this week. We're going to kick this thing off right again. We do a few things here on the Melanated Convo Podcast. And again, thank you for everybody who's been listening. Please do me a favor if you're watching the show on YouTube. Um, Please subscribe to the show on YouTube. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. If you don't watch YouTube or you know somebody else who wants to watch a show that doesn't have YouTube, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts. You can find the show on um, um, everywhere podcasts, everywhere audio um podcast is available you can find the show so please do me a favor if you on apple Podcasts or spotify or something like that make sure you leave a comment make sure you rank make sure you rate the show if you rate the show and leave a comment that pushes me higher up in the standings that means more people will get an opportunity to see what we actually doing you feel me again on the show we do a few things we talk about black businesses i have something i do called the black business spotlight where we talk about black businesses some local some around the country is really just a matter of making sure all of us are aware of the different businesses that we have around us, making sure that all of us make like a consorted effort to shop with black businesses. Again, the health of our community depends on how we spend our money. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, we're going to talk a little bit about black businesses. Also on the show, we talk about news stories. I find news stories based on things that are going on in our community, whether it be with our kids, whether it be with politics, anything involving melanated people. We take we take on news stories talking about these things. I find news stories that I find interesting. It may not be the most, it may not be what's trending per se, you know what I mean? But I like to find things that I'm interested in that I can elaborate on and share with you guys. Also on the show, there's always a topic, right? We always have a topic. Today's topic is mamas, baby, daddies, maybe, right? We're going to talk about, I'm going to talk to my fellas, even the females out there. I'm going to talk to my fellas about what would you do if you think your son, let's say you have a baby with a woman and the son, your son's like 9 or 10 years old. What would you do if you found out that wasn't your kid? Right. We need to be honest. Like I know a lot of men who've been through this situation where you having sex with a woman, you guys getting your thing in or whatever. And ultimately you have a baby and you find out later that the baby isn't yours. Right. So we're going to talk about how that affects our community. We're going to talk about, you know, what should happen to a woman if she actually do that shit? You know what I mean? Should there be jail time? Should there be money she have to pay? When we don't pay child support or when we do things wrong in that system, we get taxed for it. You feel what I'm saying? So what actually should happen to a woman who engages herself in that manner? So we're going to talk about that. That will be the topic of the day. You feel me? So let's get everything going, man. I'm excited. Please, like I said, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Tell everybody I'm live. Let's get this thing going. So first for the black businesses. This is the sister I spoke about last week. I'm going to do a better job this week of talking about what she has to offer. The first black business for this week's show, family is a sister by the name of Chanel Walker. She has a business called So So Chanel. You can find her business at IamSoSoChanel.com. What does she sell? The sister sells clothing. She has a lot of different types of clothing that she sells. And again, this is for everybody who just joined me. The first black business that I want you guys to frequent is a sister by the name of Chanel Walker. And Chanel has a black business called I Am So So 
Chanel.com. Once I'm done with the video, I'll put her information under the video. But she sells clothing. She has a clothing boutique where she has dresses, skirts, shirts, a lot of different, in my opinion, a lot of different sexy attire for women out there. And this is a sister getting it in. So if you go to the website, I am so so Chanel, she has a lot of different um a lot of different pieces of clothing on the site. She has clothing for, for bigger women, you know what I mean? And she covers a lot of ground. Like she has a lot of nice stuff on the uh, website. Also, she sells um eyelashes, right? So if you go to the website, she'll show you how to take care of the eyelashes. She has something called 3D Mink Lash Strips. I have no idea what that is, but like I said last week, it sounds exquisite. Sound like something you need to have, you feel me? So you could go to IamSoSoChanel.com and support this sister who has a clothing boutique and she sells eyelashes. All the women out there, I'll be seeing y'all on Instagram. I know how y'all get down. Y'all like fashion. Y'all definitely like eyelashes, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I ain't talking no shit, but it's real, you know what I mean? That's fine, though. That's fine. Y'all like eyelashes. Y'all like clothing. Let's try to buy some of these things from people who look like us. That's the whole point of talking about the black businesses, family, is so we can get into the habit of before we go shopping with people that don't look like us, we look for black businesses first. We look for qualified black businesses first. And of course, it's not just about being black. Black is the tiebreaker. It's really more about a quality product, right? I'm not going to give you my money just because you're black. I keep saying that. Like, we, I know a lot of people who have businesses, but they half-ass in it, right? So I'm not going to give you my money just because you're black. I'm going to give you my money because you're black and you have a qualified business. So we got to make that distinction, family. You know what I mean? So the sister, her name is, again, her name is Chanel Walker. She has a website called I Am So So Chanel Clothing Boutique. Um, clothing Boutique Eyelashes. There's a site, a size chart. So if you see some clothes on the site that you like, you hit the size chart. She'll be able to help you decide on what you actually need. Again, this is a sister. Family, it's extremely important that we support people who look like us. So I need you to go to IamSoSoChanel.com. Get you some eyelashes. Get you some of the gear she got. Let's uh, cash mob this sister so, so she can get some money in her pocket. And it says, if you order something, there may be delays. Um, there may be delays because of delivery, because of uh, COVID and everything that's going on. So like I said before, sometimes, right, we do this shit where we give somebody black our money. Once we give them our money, we set these high-ass, unreasonable-ass expectations about what type of service they're supposed to provide, how quick it's supposed to be. But we go to Walmart, we go to these Asian restaurants, we go to all these different places where they have a goddamn bulletproof glass up serving your ass being rude, and you go back the next day because it's convenient. So we got to get out of this shit where we hold our people to these high-ass expectations when we're not doing that to people outside of our community. So give the sister a chance. I am so, so Chanel. Go to the website today. Now, next business. I, I want everybody to do me a favor, right? Because my, my, my brother Nipsey died uh, almost two years ago now, right? And it was a funny thing because I've been a fan of Nipsey since, since, since the beginning. Of course, when people die, you aggrandize their accomplishments and you take time to reflect on what they've done. So because of that, many people came out and was like, wow, he's amazing, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. Like, people was like, 
all this love at the last. No, people were expressing their love for the brother because he hadn't quite reached a plateau in music where you would have possibly known who he, that's the reality of it, which is okay. You know what I mean? But today, what we're going to do, the second business today is the marathonclothing.com. The marathon clothing.com and I say that because I've seen a lot of people speaking to the fact that he's gone and uh, 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 how much they admire him and all this shit but when it comes time to buying his products they don't do that I see a whole bunch of um, I see a whole bunch of uh, a marathon clothing a whole bunch of fake Nipsey clothing right like let's let's keep it real I see a whole bunch of fake marathon shit in my mind goes instantly to black folks what the hell is we doing man how the hell are we going to say we love this man, we respect this man, how beautiful his kids are, how beautiful his relationship is. Every day I'm on Instagram, somebody is paying tribute to Nipsey. Cool. You put money in his family's pocket, right? Don't buy no little bullshit marathon shirt. Don't buy no off-brand clothing when you know this man got his own clothing line. So I need everybody to go to the Marathon Clothing dot com of course if you haven't been to the site before he has t-shirts hoodies sweaters joggers shorts whatever you need women's clothing as well couple um uh sweaters and things like that for children accessories you can get face masks you can get excuse me you can get a lot of different hats um beanies socks everything you need family and again being that we lost this brother way too soon, I think it's extremely important, y'all. If you, if you, if you inside of yourself know that you love black people and that you ride for us and you and you're willing to do whatever you can to support us, these are the type of situations where we need to step up on. You know what I mean? Because again, if many of you don't know who Nipsey Hussle is, to some we're just looking at a rapper or something, right? But in actuality. This was a businessman. This was a like a serial entrepreneur who, as far as the black community is concerned, all of us can learn from a brother like that. But one of the best ways to honor him is to spend money with his company. You know what I mean? His flagship store ain't been open for a while. So let's look, family. Let's do whatever we can to support this brother in, in death. You know what I mean? And he... Um, if you go to the website and you put in your email address, you can get 10% off of anything you buy. So everybody, do me a favor, man. Go to themarathonclothing.com. Don't buy any bootleg Nipsey gear. Like, that's not paying tribute to anybody. And on, and on everything, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Like, it's too many black folks out here busting their ass to sell high-quality clothing for you to just skip right past them and buy some bootleg shit because it's cheaper or because it was readily available to you. Let's let's not do that, y'all. So again, go to the marathonclothing.com. Check out my brother's Nipsey check out my brother Nipsey's clothing line. Please buy something from the site. Support the brother in death. You feel me now? Let's get this thing going, man. Let's get this thing popping. Now, first news story. We're going to go on to the news stories. The first news stories, again, family, I find things that are intriguing to me. And if I'm excited about it, that puts me in a headspace where I can talk about it in a manner um, that's intriguing to you. It's kind of like my secret, right? <laughs> because, again, I don't give a, I don't really give a shit about all the news that I see, whether it's involving us or not. But certain things we need to know about, certain things require... Um, deeper levels of context, right? So, let's get into it. Now, new story I just seen, right? 
Malcolm X's family reveals a letter they say shows NYPD and FBI assassination um, was involved. So they're basically saying that the FBI and the NYPD was involved in Malcolm X assassination. I mean, and at this point, at first hearing that, I was like, well, I mean, no shit. For any of us who've been following us, been watching, who, any of us who have been following this story in this situation about the brother, um, through all the documentaries and all the information that has been released, it, it's obvious to me that the government has something to do with it. Now, did the Nation of Islam have something to do with it too? I'm going to be honest, even after watching... All of the information that I watched, I can't really say they didn't. I'm not too sure to what degree they could have been involved, but I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's difficult to say based on um, Malcolm's relationship with um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad at the time. You know what I mean? They didn't have a rocky relationship, but keep in mind, Malcolm X did say that when he looked at how he was being surveilled and how he was being followed, he said the technology that was being used was way beyond what the Nation of Islam had at the time. You know what I mean? So it very well could have been the FBI. Now, let me read a little bit about the story, then I'll give my input on what's going on with this. Now, family members of Malcolm X have revealed a letter written by a New York police officer that they say shows the NYPD and the FBI were behind the 1965 assassination of the famed black leader. Now, the 2011 letter, and I'm going to get into that, why the letter was written, you know, 10 years ago, and we're just now seeing it now. The 2011 letter by the now dead officer Raymond A. Wood stated that Wood had been compelled by his supervisors at the New York uh, the New York Police Department to coax two members of Malcolm X's security team into committing crimes. They say, um, let me see here, into committing crimes leading to their arrest just a few days before the assassination. They were then unable to secure the entry to the New York's Audubon Ballroom where Malcolm X had been speaking when he was killed. Now, Wood maintain that the arrests were part of a conspiracy by the NYPD and the FBI to murder Malcolm X. No shit. Now, who had become um, disenchanted with the Nation of Islam and left the black group to start his own organization, the Muslim Mosque. Now, the, and I'll read a little bit about, or read a little bit of the letter the NYC officer left on his deathbed. I'm so sick of these goddamn deathbed confessions, but let me read a little bit. I was a, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice at first. Oh, the brother was black. Hmm. Hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the, 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 the police officer that they used to infiltrate was white, but why wouldn't they make him black? You know what I mean? Now he says, I was a black New York City undercover police officer between May of 1964 through May of 1971. Woods' letter began. I participated in actions that, in hindsight, were deplorable and detrimental to my own black people. Under the direction of my handlers, I was told to encourage leaders and members of the civil rights group to commit felonious acts. Woods said he was hired by the NYPD to 
infiltrate the civil rights group to find evidence of criminal activity so the FBI could discredit and arrest its leaders. Well, keep it in mind, family, we are aware at this particular time, COINTELPRO was alive and well. So, of course, the FBI and the police were surveying all black leaders. Even if you hung with a black leader, they was tapping your phone, too. You know what I mean? So let's, so let's look at it a little bit more. On the day of the assassination, Wood said his supervisors ordered him to be at the Autobahn ballroom where he was identified by witnesses while leaving the scene. Khalil Islam, also known as Thomas Johnson, was later arrested and wrongfully convicted to protect my cover in the secrets of the FBI and the NYPD. This is what was said in the letter that the brother left, right? The letter was presented at a news conference Saturday in New York by Malcolm X's three daughters and civil rights attorney Ben Crump. A cousin of Wood, Reggie Wood, joined them in revealing the letter's contents at the Malcolm X and Dr. Betty Shabazz Memorial and Educational Center, which is actually located on the site where the Autobahn Ballroom once stood. Raymond Wood who had written the letter shortly after being diagnosed with stomach cancer, had stipulated to his cousin that he did not want his involvement to be made public until after his death. His cancer went into remittance in 2012, um, and he did not die until November 24, 2020. Now, let me give my, my, my take on this shit, right? For one, the, this was a black man. So for everybody who's just joining me, um, Malcolm X's family has been holding on to a letter that basically revealed that this black cop, Raymond, I'm sorry, what is this guy's name? Raymond Wood, this black cop named Raven Wood, Raymond Wood, who said he was basically told by the New York Police Department to go undercover, hire two of Malcolm X security guards so they could um, uh, not be at their place, not be in front of the ballroom when, when everything popped off. So he lured their security away so the assassination can take place, right? And so here's the thing. Before I read this story, I didn't even realize that this was a black man who actually did this, right? So again, as we continue um, to talk about everything that goes on in this country, I make it a point to mention uh, 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 a manumission, right? 1800s, early 1900s, this was a clause that was given to slaves where it basically told them, if you tell on somebody who's running away, if you tell on somebody who's doing anything nefarious, there's a reward system for you for actually doing this, right? And I bring that up because that started a long line and a long line of mistrust in our community. Meaning, this, and I'll get into some more of what I feel about this situation, but this cop Raymond Wood, if this is true, because I don't know, I don't trust nobody like that. So if this is true, because for one, all of us need to get to a point where being black is more important than besides our family and God, that should be the most important thing to you. Meaning, if you work at a job that's basically telling you you have to infiltrate your people in order to keep this job because that's what the brother was saying too. He mentioned how he didn't want to do it, but his the person that's ahead of his department told him if he didn't do it, then um, he would be they would charge him with crimes. Right now, when I first read that, I was like he could be lying, but now that I realize this is a black man, he could be telling the truth. Right, but the bottom line is, family. 
And this happens a lot because even with the Malcolm X situation, let's say the police was involved, they infiltrated, they pulled all the strings. It was black men who did the dirty work. So it becomes like, what are you willing to do? You know what I mean? It's like, what are you willing to do? I understand everybody needs money. I understand everybody has to have a livelihood to be able to take care of their families. I get that. But what are you willing to risk? Like, what, what, how integral are you not if you're willing to do some shit like this that's going to pretty much affect our entire community? But even since we're still dealing with that today, family, where we have coons and snitches who will infiltrate whoever just to get a leg up. You know what I mean? So that's a horrible, horrible, um, horrible scenario. You know what I mean? And that's something that we still deal with in our community to this day. And here's the thing. I'm actually tired of these deathbed confessions, right? Because this is, even though this was a brother, the lady who set up Emmett Till kind of did the same thing. She kind of made sure she waited till she was about to die. You know what I mean? That's that's cowardice at the end of the day. So this brother, Raymond, Raymond Woods, if everything he said is true, I don't respect it. Because if you feel it was deplorable and you fucked over your people, for lack of a better term, confess why you alive. Go to jail. Go to jail. Confess why you alive. Give more information so we can know who else was involved. You know what I mean? Because what do we do now with this? They said they're going to investigate it. Well, after the Malcolm X documentary last year, authorities said they're going to reopen the case and investigate it. But to me, this is almost like a slap in the face. Now, I know that the family of Malcolm X wants some type of closure, right? I think that's what all of this is about is some type of closure. And I get it. From the family's perspective, I get it. But fuck that. If ain't nobody going to jail, this is just posturing. Like, and it's, they doing this shit in Black History Month. Y'all not slick. To me, this is just posturing. This is just symbolism, like always. If y'all not going to arrest nobody, because to me, it's easy. They give us conspiracy charges where everybody goes to jail. If your girlfriend knew about what you was doing, she go to jail. Your auntie and them knew we breaking her door down and putting her outside with handcuffs on. Do the same shit to other people when they do nefarious things to our community and and their families don't have to deal with that. The people in their lineage don't have to deal with their wrongdoings. You know what I mean? But when we get hit with RICO charges and all this shit, they come get everybody. If you knew about it, if they think you knew about it, you go to jail. The same shit should happen in these kind of situations. And we're in this uh, 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 fake racial harmony scenario now where everybody is kumbaya with each other but you want to be kumbaya biting push this through make sure somebody goes to jail like we need to realize family there needs to be repercussions to actions when shit happen and this is for a little kid on to a completely grown person if you do something and there's no repercussions for your actions if you don't have to go to jail if you don't have to be hurt if you don't have to be punished what what makes the next person not do the same thing. You see what I'm saying? So they can reopen this case if they want to, but if they don't plan on putting someone in jail, what the hell is the point? So this black man writes a letter saying, I was a, I was a cop. The cops had me set up Malcolm X so two Muslim brothers can kill him. What do we do with that information, family? They having a press conference where they have the letter, like in this envelope and everything. Cool. What if it comes out which don't we know that by now that the feds were involved with this, even if slightly, even if they 
was the motivation behind people going to do this. They were definitely involved. You know what I mean? So what do we do with that at this point? Because again, we know COINTELPRO was active at that time. So what do we do with this at this point? If this comes out that it is true, if they find out it's true, we're just going to give the family some money. You know what I mean? Because I was reading more about the article. So three brothers was arrested for doing this, right? Three brothers, I think two of them are dead. One of them is still alive. Uh, uh, they all served 20 some odd years. One of them served 45 years in the penitentiary, right? And he has been saying he was innocent the entire time. So this lie, this situation has affected several families. You see that? You see the trickle-down effect? This has affected several families. So what are we going to do if... Excuse me. If it comes out that this is true and the brother's letter can be verified and it's actually happened, what do we do for those brothers who spent all those years in the pen? Do we backdate it and give their families millions of dollars? Right? We quick to give somebody a million. We, we quick to give money to families of slain victims. When we get shot by the cops, they quick to jump in there and offer some type of settlement. I think all of these brothers' families should be compensated pretty much for the rest of their life. Their lives were ruined based on governmental type of scandals. You know what I mean? Like we need to. This is bullshit, man. I'm. This is why when I look at the corona shit, when I look at everything going on with Biden, when I look at everything in real time, right, I'm not quick to, to make a judgment because all too often, several years go by and we always find out the truth about some shit. They let 20, 30 years go by and they say, oh, yeah, we did do that to you niggas. I'm tired of that, man. So I don't know what's going to come of this black man writing a letter saying he was involved in the Malcolm X killing. He was a cop who was involved. I don't know what's going to happen. But if y'all not going to pay out these families, if y'all not going to seek some jail time, if y'all not going to create some new laws that can prevent the government from interfering in our organizations, like if you're not going to do none of that, then what the hell is all this for? You feel me? So I want the family to have some closure. I know all these years went by and... Just how traumatic it could be seeing all these pictures of that man getting slain and they continue to show the pictures and the images. I get it, but I'm tired of posturing. I'm tired of symbolistic gestures. Everybody provides us symbols, family. God damn, when is some real effective change going to happen? You see what I'm saying? When my brothers and the men around me that grew up in my neighborhood, right, when they did things wrong, <laughs> when they broke the law, they never got a they never got a fair shake. When they broke the law, they went to jail, family. They went to jail. They tried to explain what was going on and what was happening and it was some crazy stuff. The law don't care about that shit. You guys, the the law in the United States in the United States is relentless on our community. Relentless. No matter what. You know what I mean? But if you're a cop or if you're a part of the government yourself, your ass get a pass. That's why, again, family, I don't trust the United States of America. Everything that we go through in this country, if you look at history, it's all just history repeating itself. So I hope Malcolm X's family gets some type of closure. I hope somebody goes to jail. I don't give a fuck because at this point, every detective involved in the Malcolm X case, I'm sure they're elderly or dead, right? I say everybody go to jail. If you're still alive, 
go to jail. Jewish people, if they find somebody that was Jewish in a part of the Holocaust, they don't care what age your ass is, you're going to jail. you 89, yeah, you're going to be in jail until your ass die. You see what I'm saying? It should be the same way in these type of situations, or don't even talk about them. You feel me? All right. Next story. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. All right. Next story. So, do you guys remember when... Let me make sure I'm still recording here. All right. Oh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share the video. Please do me a favor. Share the video. Tell your friends. <laughs> now, you guys remember Amy Cooper, right? Amy Cooper was the uh, white lady who seen the brother bird watching um, in New York. She seen the brother bird watching in New York and called the police on him, right? Police came. They realized that she falsely reported a crime or whatever, right? She was arrested. You guys remember you, you guys remember that, right? Amy Cooper from New York, the brother was bird watching. She calls the police on the brother who was bird watching, right? So we remember that. So here's why I'm bringing this up because let me bring the story up. Let me see here. All right. The Manhattan District Attorney's office on Tuesday dropped the misdemeanor criminal charge against Amy Cooper the white woman who called the police on a black man in Central Park last May after she completed education and therapy classes on racial equality. Let me read a little more of this, then I'll get into my opinion on this and how horrible it was, like how bad of a precedence is being set by releasing her. Now, do I think the woman should get 20 years in jail for what she did? Not quite, but a class on black people ain't gonna help the issue here, right? Now, I'll get to that in a minute. Now, given the issues at hand and Miss Cooper's lack of criminal background, we offered her, consistent with our position on many misdemeanor cases involving a first arrest and alternative restorative justice resolution designed not just to punish, but to educate and promote community healing. Now, here's the thing about that situation and why it set such a horrible precedence, right? What should have been done, or I think what still should be done, right? Amy Cooper is just a small piece of a much bigger puzzle. We need to realize, family, how many white women, and this is just real shit, how many white women throughout the history of the United States have caused destruction to our community? Just individually. Right. Individually. Let me let me tell you why. I was talking about this a few minutes ago, but if we go back to the Emmett Till case. Right. This is a white woman who says we did. This is the same thing, family. This is the same thing. That's a white woman who says someone black did something wrong to her. She's lying. Hell comes to our community. Right. Emmett Till end up dying. Race war. All type of shit throughout history. Several several race riots, 1919 race riots in Chicago started in a similar way. A black man gets on an elevator. A white woman on the elevator says he whistled at her. She goes to tell her white counterparts. They come to the black neighborhood, cause a whole bunch of destruction. A whole bunch of people die. Businesses get lost. Houses get lost. A lot of destruction, right? But I can tell you at least six, seven, eight, nine different instances throughout history 
where a, a, a single white woman made an unsubstantial claim about something a black man did and hell broke loose because of it. It happens time and time again. So this ain't about Amy Cooper family. This is about the much bigger issue of how white women are able to criminalize us with no with no proof, with no type of no proof, no proof of involvement, no nothing. It always, always, always happens. So what needs to happen is some type of law needs to be put in place where because again, she was released. They let her do some type of racialized training. I don't know how effective some shit like that can be, right? If you don't like black folks, it may be difficult for me to show you a couple pamphlets on why you shouldn't and you change your frame of reference. That could be difficult, you know what I mean? But laws need to be put in place. I think they were mentioning something in New York about how they're going to try to get a law in place, but there need to be a law in place that basically says if you lie... You need to, it needs to be mandatory jail time. Three months, six months with no record. Cause they're saying they gave her a misdemeanor and they gave her uh, the ability to take these classes because she didn't have a record. And that's the law to a degree, but fuck that man. The, the, what if police would have showed up at that park in this black man? Cause the brother that, um, the brother that she called the cops on, he was really cooperative, like really cooperative, almost to a fault. Like he didn't even want to press charges against her. Right. What if, uh, the cops would have showed up and the black man. There was a black man who was empowered, right? A black man who didn't take no shit. Right. And I don't mean be nasty to a cop or want to fight him or hit him, but just stay on your ground, right? It's a possibility he could have lost his life. So what would have what would we have done in that instance where this brother is just taking pictures of birds? She has the ability to call the cops on him, and now his life's taken, right? So we need to look at the bigger picture here. We lucky that brother didn't die, right? So again, should Amy Cooper spend hella years in jail over this? I'm not sure if we should go that far, but she shouldn't get let off with just like community service. We need to make an example out of somebody the same way they do us. You know how many of my brother's friends in the late 90s, in the early 90s, when all of these three strikes laws was popping off? Do you know how many young brothers they used to make an example out of? Like, I'm going to give your ass 25 years just so everybody around you know we're not fucking around. Do you know how much that actually took place? You see what I'm saying? The same shit should happen to everybody, right? White women calling the police on unassuming black people can cost you your life. That Do we realize that's the biggest problem with doing that? Not the fact that he can get a record or the cop will come out and harass him or just the whole bothersome part of it. No, the biggest part of it, if it's a certain type of black man, when the cops show up, they can kill his ass. You see what I'm saying? So something different should have happened in this situation, family. I'm not sure if legislation is in the process of being passed or whatever the case may be, but her just getting a slap on the wrist sets a horrible precedence, just like I said, because any other white Amy Cooper who wants to report some type of fake crime just to get somebody black in trouble, they'll be able to do it too.
And, and what's really going on here is they're weaponizing 911. They're, weapon, they're weaponizing the police here in this country against us because they know if I call the police on this nigga, anything can happen. They're not calling the police thinking they're finna come and take them to jail or thinking they're finna come and rectify the situation because in most cases, there ain't really a situation to begin with. You see what I'm saying? So they're calling the police on us knowing that if the cops come, it's a slight chance that we're going to get our brains blown out. And that's kind of, in my opinion, is that's what they're banking on. You know what I mean? So we got to do better. The law in this country, as we know already, but the law in this country... Um, have to do better. We're talking all this racial harmony shit that's been going, that's been floating in the air all, you know, the past couple years. Let's, let's put people in jail, family. Let the law work for everybody, right? Not just the privileged. You feel me? All right. So next and last news story. Let's get this thing going, family. I'm happy, man. I'm happy to be back. It's another Monday. Don't forget to like this video. You feel me? Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube page, which is Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. The website, MelanatedFathers.com, will be back up and running in a few days here. I've been having a whole bunch of problems with people hacking the website and all kind of foolishness. You feel me? But we're going to get that thing up and running pretty soon here. Now, last news story. And then the topic of the day, the topic of the day I'll be talking to everybody, but mainly my fellas. What, what would you do if you find out your kid is not yours, fellas? What would you do? You got a 9-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 3-year-old, right? What would you do if you found out the baby's not yours? Do you disown the child, right? Do you call the police on the woman? Do you wish she gets some jail time? Do you stop giving money? Do you just disown the child altogether and never see him again? Like, that's a very sensitive topic that I don't think gets talked about enough in our community. I'm a man, right? So at times I'm going to seem kind of uh, pro-man, which it, it, you know is kind of based on my experiences here in this in this country. This my experiences being a black man dealing with the child support system, um, you know, de dealing with these institutions that make it really easy for women to make changes and make decisions but make it extremely difficult for men to make decisions so that's why my question would be what would what should happen to a woman too right if you put a baby on a dude and it's not his baby what if the baby's 10 11 12 and he's been paying child support the whole time what happens right at 12 13 you guys find out that the baby's not his does he get his money back does he get his money back does somebody give him his money back do he get does that money get backdated? Does the woman have to now pay the money, right? The point is, there should be something that happens. So we're going to get into that in a minute, and I'm going to give my take on why that's harmful and what we can actually do about it as a people. Last news story, because again, y'all know my platform, man, Melanated Fathers of America is about fatherhood. It's about family. It's about teaching new and up-and-coming fathers the right way. It's about protecting our babies from this treacherous ass country and the things that we go through in our community so the last story um and i need all of y'all to pray for this family y'all because this 12 year old boy um named david mack was found dead now let me read the story to you before i just start running my mouth then i'll give my take 
Okay, community members and Atlanta leaders pledged to help the family get justice while also remembering a deadly 2020 death. No, that's something different. Okay, hold on one second. Okay, police are still searching for the person responsible for killing 12-year-old David Mack. Now, on what would have been his 13th birthday, the family held a balloon release in his honor and just hours later, a candlelit visual for the young boy ended with the family and several Atlanta leaders pledging to find his murderer. Now it says here, let me see here, hold on one second, let me read what, uh, what happened. Here, hold on one second, family. Okay, so basically, the young man left his house just just to get just to give you guys a quick synopsis. Synopsis. I'm not sure if he lived with his grandmother, but he was with his grandmother. He left his house. Now, I think it was like ten something at night or something. He left his house to never be heard from again. Right. So he was found killed. Um, let me see here. Sorry, sorry about that, family. I lost my spot here. Hold on one moment. Let me pull up another one. So he was found murdered, family. He was found shot several times, right? And here's the biggest thing about this situation. Of course, this is a 12-year-old boy. This is one of our babies. Um, anytime we, we lose a child in this manner, it's extremely sad, right? But here's the thing. What we need to think about, right? This we need to think about. So we don't know what happened to this young man. We don't know who shot him, right? But here's the unfortunate part. In our country, and this is black folks specifically, this is the, so yeah, pray for the family. But here's a big thing that I want to talk about, right? So a 12-year-old boy gets killed in Atlanta. Gunfire. Now, it wasn't like a gang shooting or anything. They found him dead, like in the back of a barn or the back of a house or something to that. Don't. Quote me on where they found him dead, because I can't find the remaining in the news story, but they found the young kid dead, right? And the horrible part about being in our community, I want to think that this was like a, uh, my first thought, it's like this was a racialized killing, right? We've seen some stories here in the past where, you know, some nefarious things have happened with young black people and white neighbors and all this kind of shit, right? But in this situation, when we don't know who did it yet, right? First, we're going to think maybe it could be racism. Maybe it could be race-related. But then also, we have to realize, family, it could have been somebody from our community. It could have been a young nigga out here thinking that was somebody else. It could have been somebody playing with a gun. It could have been It could have been like a drive-by or some type of gang-related environment that got the young man killed. But here's the bottom line. We are in an environment today in 2021 where racism is at an all-time high. It's been this, in my opinion, it's never really went nowhere to the degree it is now, to me, it's always really been like this, right? But the problem is we are in a process where we're attempting to fight for our equality still. We're attempting to fight the powers that be to uh, get rid of disenfranchising melanated people, right? We're in the middle of attempting to do this, right? And this is a hard fight. This is a hard fight that don't got no simple answers and all of us need to be on board for right? The fight for equality for black people, all of y'all should be on board for that. Regardless of your religion, regardless of what you do for a living, 
how we're treated in this country is all of our problem. And I don't want you to get to a point where some shit got to happen to somebody in your family before you jump on board, right? So all of us should care about the equality of our people in everything black. So from schools, I mean, from education to finances, uh, um, um, all industries, we should look to make sure it's as fair as possible, right? But here's the biggest caveat. I want to think this was a race-related incident, but we got a problem in our community where it could have been some nigga shit. You see what I'm saying? So while we fight for equality, while we fight... Um, to make sure some of these things that happen with us and authorities just stop happening, right? We're still in this fight today, family. But you know how difficult it is when we still got to fight nigga shit too? Do you know how difficult it is when we still have a lot of black men and women who are operating on like a slave mentality, right? Who don't necessarily see somebody black as their brother or their sister. You see what I'm saying? They kind of looking at everybody like they are op. They looking at everybody like, like, you got something to gain from, from messing somebody up or whatever the case may be, right? So we live in an environment where we don't love each other like we need to, y'all. You know what I mean? So anybody could have killed this 12-year-old black boy, right? I want to think a black man wouldn't touch a baby, but we just seen a few days ago here in Sacramento where I'm at where a black man killed like a two-year-old girl or something or a two-year-old child, rather. You know what I mean? So we got bigger problems in our community family besides racism. We got niggaism. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we got to, and not to laugh at the young brother's demise, but we got a whole bunch of nigga shit that we got to get rid of too, that we need to exercise out of our community. Because as much as I come on here and talk about racism and talk about the injustice that we face, they are still there and they're, pre and they're prevalent and we should talk about them and be aware. But at the same time, we do a lot to ourselves, family. We do a lot to ourselves. We do a lot to harm each other. Now, of course, I don't get into the whole, um, I don't get into the whole black on black crime shit because that's a crime as a proximity based activity, right? So I'm not going to look at my black folks and say, oh, it's just black home. No, but we do hurt each other. We do. There's a there's a separate behavior between a lot of black folks where when you look at somebody black, you don't see them as yourself. You see them as the opposition or you see them as somebody that's threatening you when a lot of times that's not the case. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of young brothers in these environments that breed a lot of violence and a lot of gang shit going on, a lot of street activity. So, again, I understand how systematic racism has even played a part in creating our gangs and creating um the other side of the law that a lot of our young brothers participate in. But so what? Like at some point, as we all grow, we need to be aware of how we got to where we are and how we can maneuver around all these obstacles. You know what I mean? So again, this 12-year-old boy from Atlanta, it, they found the young brother dead. They don't know what happened to him. I I hope it wasn't nobody else black that harmed a young man. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what he can be into at 12 years old that can make you want to harm him. But again, when we talk about gun violence in our community, that's a real thing. Like, I'm not going to let us off the hook, family. When some shit happened, we need to be able to say, okay, if it was somebody black, we need to call them to the table the same way we call a, race, a, a, a white racist person to the table. You know what I mean? If we really going to improve, if we really going to make a difference in our community, everybody has to be held accountable. You know what I mean? So everybody pray for the young brother, David Mack's family, the 12-year-old brother who was found dead in Atlanta. Again, they don't know what happened to him. 
Um, his family say he left the house to go to a friend's house or something like that. And he never came back. You know what I mean? So this is this is a real tragic situation. And I wish you wouldn't have to continue to go through this. But this is a lesson for all parents. Because to my understanding, and I can be wrong. To my understanding, he was at his grandma's house. It was real late. He was leaving. So for all of us, this we need to be aware of where our kids are. Like parenting and all of the steps that it require to be effective stories like this should make you take it as serious as possible. If your kid's got a phone, make sure the phone's always on. Try to have them an iPhone so they can do the Find My iPhone app. Try to make sure you all you have that kind of rapport with them where they're going to answer their phone regardless of anything. If you have a kid who ain't answering their phone and being unruly, like that's when discipline comes into play, family. That's when like... A, a, a tough disciplinarian comes into play, especially when you black. Like I always tell black parents that you need to realize our babies have it even worse. Excuse me. We need to realize our babies have it even worse when they step outside of the house. I just did a news. I just read a news story last week about how authorities in this country don't view black kids as kids. They kind of view our children as adults family. So we need to be aware of that. Unfortunately, you got a nine, 10 year old, there's a lot of things you need to be, be preparing them for based on just how the world works, but really based on the fact that they're a melanated child in this society. You know what I mean? And seeing this 12-year-old boy end up dead is heartbreaking. Um, and let's continue to pray for the family. Let's hope somebody black didn't do this. But let's use this as a learning tool for all of us who have young kids. Be aware, be aware of where your kids are. Be aware of their mental state with, all, with everything going on right now, family. We, we are living in an unprecedented time. Like kids ain't going to school. We can't just go places like we want to. You may be cool as an adult, but you don't know how your kid is dealing with all of this. Your kid could feel some, some sort of trauma based on all of this, right? They can feel depressed based on all of this. You know what I mean? So I say all that to say, family... Be intuitive about what's going on with your kids. Make sure you're around. Make sure you know where they at. Make sure you know the phone is working. Make sure you have an idea where all their friends live if they're going outside and shit. You know what I mean? So this this, this could be an eye-opener for all of us. And, you know, I pray for the David, the David Mack family. Now, enough of the news stories, family. Let's talk about something real quick, right? Something I want to talk about. Because I'm always thinking about different things we can talk about. I'm always thinking about what I want to focus on because you know what I mean? My, my, my biggest reason for starting this platform was about parenting. It was about figuring out the best way to move forward with our kids, figuring out the best way to make sure we don't have all these children out of wedlock anymore, making sure we can do whatever's necessary to be around our children, be good role models for our kids, create solid families, all these things, right? So, here's the question, fellas. What would you do? Because the topic of the show is mama's baby, daddy's maybe, right? Fellas, what would you do if you found out your six-year-old son wasn't yours? How would you move forward? How would you proceed if you found out your child isn't your child? Would it matter based on age? Like if he's two or three, would that matter? You know what I mean? Did it matter based on, you know, the relationship with the woman? What if it was a one night stand or a quick sexual relationship? Uh, she said, baby's yours. You move forward. 
five, six years later, you find out it's not your kid, right? Would that change for you if you was married, long-term relationship, y'all in a solid-ass relationship, you got a six-year-old, seven-year-old, realize that the baby ain't yours, you know what I mean? So let's talk about it, family, because again, I, I brought up this topic because as, as adults, as melanated adults, right, everybody needs to be held accountable when it comes to how we conduct ourselves with each other, right? I'm a black man in this society who has five kids, right? Throughout this journey of having five children, because of some, because of systematic issues, some, uh, how women have perceived me in the relationships I've had with these women, but the primary reason for me being in my situation, and I'm able to admit this, is because my lack of responsibility. Right. My lack of responsibility, my lack of accountability, my lack of the purview of the ne the necessities of starting a family the right way. Right. So I end up with four kids by two different women by 23 years old. Right. So I'm dealing with child support. I'm dealing with trust issues because I'm the the primary cause of all these problems. Right. Being like a fucking piece of shit, for lack of better terms, and not not respecting these women the right way not conducting the relationships with these women the right way, I have to take accountability for that, right? And what happens is society makes me take accountability. If we're talking about child support, if we're talking about how women or how men are viewed as deadbeat, right? Like I said in one show before, you've never heard the term deadbeat mom. It's just not a term that's in our lexicon like that, right? Never heard that term, but you hear deadbeat dad all the time, right? So I think as parents, both of us have to be held accountable because sometimes, just my just my opinion, family, sometimes women get let off the hook a little bit. Sometimes women, because they're females, allowed to run a little ragged, and when that shit happens, it affects all of us. You know what I mean? So in my opinion, because the, the topic, if you're just joining us, what does a man do if he finds out the baby with a particular woman isn't his child. What is he supposed to do? Is Does he disown the child? Like say, I ain't fucking with the baby no more. I don't care what's been going on. Now it ain't my responsibility. I'm moving on, which will negatively affect the child ultimately, right? If this is the kid you've built a relationship with, right? But what should happen to the women? Let's talk about it, y'all. What should happen to a woman? Somebody in the comments tell me. What should happen to a woman who puts a baby on a man that's not his? So he, she says the baby's his. He finds out it's not. What should happen to the woman, right? Because for me, if when I have a baby out there, right? When I have a baby out there, they make me pay for that shit. You can a woman can put a man's name uh, on the birth certificate, and if that man don't come to court to prove he ain't the daddy, he gonna have to pay. You see what I'm saying? So if we, so if we are to be honest, in my opinion, family. This system is almost set up to slant things towards the woman's favor. And this ain't right. And this is somebody who's, who's been in the system. Now, keep it in mind, as they always say, as men, I'll tell men in a minute, you should put yourself in a position where a child support system isn't even needed. Meaning, how do you prevent... I'm going on a tangent here, but whatever. How do you prevent being on child support? Now, sometimes it can't be prevented. You wouldn't, you're, you're in a relationship with a woman. It doesn't work. She feels that's the best route to take, whatever. However, what we need to realize, all my men, all my young men, if you got young men, make sure they understand 
They have they have they have a say so in this. If you conduct yourself the right way, for the most part, for the most part, if you're honest with a woman, if you're upfront with a woman, if you take the necessary time to get to know who she is, you can prevent that type of behavior. You know what I mean? Because again, you could do everything right and be married to your wife and you guys can have a great life together. After 10, 12 years, you guys can have a horrible breakup and she try to get child support that she can get ugly. Right. So you can do everything the right way and it still end up kind of fucked up. But that's rare in our society, y'all. For us, for black folks in particular. You know what I mean? So we need to be aware of that. So if, if, if putting a baby on a man should be a punishable offense. This is my opinion. Now, I, I was kind of given the scenarios of, but this is what I think. If if you put a baby on a man and it's not his child and, and everybody finds out, you guys do the DNA or whatever, you find out it's not his kid, your ass should go to jail. If not jail, you should have restitution that you have to pay. Like you need, you need to be paying money. If I had to pay child support, let's say I have a baby with a girl. Or with a woman, I find out the baby is not mine. The baby is now nine. I've been paying child support for nine years, right? I've been paying child support for nine years. I should get all that money back. She should have to pay back every dollar. And if she can't, her ass should go to jail, right? I was just talking a minute about Karens, right? Like white women who sick the police on us and how Amy Cooper was just released or Amy Cooper was uh, uh, charges was dropped against her and how I said that's a horrible precedence to set to allow somebody to do something like that knowing knowing the history of these incidents and she gets off scot-free same thing with a woman family same thing with a woman family we need to realize that this system the child support system the welfare system not all not all but too many women abuse this system too many women abuse this system. Too many women have been conditioned to understand that I don't need this nigga. Like, I can get money. On, I can call the county and get money directly from them. I don't even need him like that. You see what I'm saying? So all of this, the welfare system being instituted, how the child support system is handled, because people say all the time, and I'm familiar with this system, y'all. You can go down there and say, okay, this amount of money I have to pay in child support. I'll pay it. And they say, okay, if you spend more time with your kid, the child support will get lower. Family, I'm here to tell you, that's not fucking true. It's a whole bunch of factors depending on that, depending on like how much money she make, your relationship with the kids. If you, you can be getting your kid half the time and still paying the same amount of money you was paying the child support. The point I'm making is this system is flawed and it seems to lean towards the woman's convenience. And in our society, black folks who are already broken, who already don't have resources, some of us are going to take advantage of this type of system nefariously, right? And this leads to a woman saying, I'm pregnant. I'm a pick my baby daddy, right? I'm a pick him. I was having sex with two dudes, maybe three dudes. I'm a pick the one that's more successful. I'm a pick the one that I like more. Let's that this shit actually happens in our society, family. Now, granted, I'll shoot the women a little bit of bail. Meaning, we do live in a society that if if a woman sleeps with multiple guys, she's socialized as a whole. Now, I think, I'm gonna be honest, this is like a <laughs> evolved uh, perspective that I'm newly coming about, right? I think we need to change that a little bit. 
Because, well, two things. I think we need to change it a little bit and not socialize women to be hoes because it creates closeted behavior. So now they're going to do it behind your back. Now they're going to portray something that they're not, right? And here's the biggest thing, too. If ho, if the term ho didn't have such a negative connotation, then we could do something with that a little bit because men don't care, right? If you, <laughs> if a man is having sex with a lot of women and somebody call him a hoe, nobody gives a shit, right? The man don't care. That's not going to stop nothing. In most cases, not all, in most cases, a woman will look at a dude having sex with hella women and they don't even look at him the same way they would look at their girlfriend who having sex with hella dudes. You see what I'm saying? So this society has socialized women who are promiscuous and giving them a bad rap. And I think that leads to women hiding what they've done or what they are doing currently. You know what I mean? So another thing about this. So again, if you're just now tuning in, the title of the, the, title of the show today, Mama's Baby, Daddy's Maybe, right? What do we do with females who put baby on, who puts babies on dudes and it's not their baby? What do we do with those women? Do, do they go to jail? Do we fucking make them pay the money back? What do we do, right? But what we're talking about is the effects of that, right? Because think about this. Another take on that. What if you put the baby on a particular, and I've seen this family. What if a woman puts the baby on a particular dude? There's another dude involved, right? Who she says, the baby ain't yours. Now, two things happens. Let's say the baby really was his, right? So he lives his life. He's robbed, literally robbed of the chance of the potential relationship he could have had with his child, right? Something else I've seen before. A girl picks who she wants the baby daddy to be. The other guy, she says, it's not yours. It actually is his. He moves on life. Let's say he gets another girlfriend and she don't get pregnant. Another girlfriend and she don't get pregnant. Now, this may prompt the brother to go get himself checked out. He may think, I can't get a woman pregnant. I've seen this before, family, right? He may think, I can't get a woman pregnant. So now what happens is his, his self-esteem goes down. He gets to questioning his goddamn sperm count, all this shit, all because a woman lied to him. But again, the biggest thing is he's robbed of a relationship, right? He's robbed of a relationship. So in our community, starting today, right? <laughs> if, if Ladies, if you know a woman, if you got a friend who was sleeping with multiple dudes and you know she's pregnant now, she didn't go get a blood test for none of those dudes. You got to sit her down and talk to her. Like this shit is a mental game that can ruin a child's well-being, can ruin a man's mental state, right? Because you don't know how people are going to react when information like this is revealed. Because I gave the example, what if, excuse me, family, a woman you were just having sex with comes out and says, okay, I'm pregnant, baby's yours. You find out seven years later, the baby not yours, right? What should happen? Should, should you get your money back? Should she go to jail? I think all this shit should be on the table, right? And I think your connection, you, a man, this is my opinion, a man will be highly upset with this type of woman, but not enough to hurt her, or most men, right? Not enough to hurt her or bring harm her way. Now, let's flip the scenario. What if you married or you in a committed relationship for 10, 15 years, right? To think about how many situations like this out there. Right? Where you 10, 15 years deep, your kid about to go to college like a motherfucker. Right? You find out that boy not yours. 
what's going to happen then. That type of man may just go postal and hurt somebody. You see what I'm saying? But again, we are told to keep it real with women, right? We are told don't lie, be upfront, let women know what's going on so they can decide if they want to be involved or not. All this bullshit, right? This is how we are told to conduct ourselves with women. And for most of that, I agree, right? But it's important that women have like some game rules too that they have to follow because it shouldn't be one-sided. You see what I'm saying? So look, man, I appreciate everybody tuning into the show today. Um, let me see here. And for me, I would just say, just so y'all know, my personal opinion, right? If I had a baby with a woman, regardless if it was a one-night stand or we've been in a relationship for a long-ass time, and I find out the kid ain't mine, I'm like such a lover of, <laughs> I'm like such a lover of children and small kids specifically that I'm sure I would be upset, but I wouldn't have it in me to just disown the kid. Now, I ain't got to give your ass another dollar for the rest of this little, <laughs> I ain't got to give you a dollar for the rest of this kid's life. You may not ask me for shit. If I want to come around, if I want to be involved, that should just be voluntary at this point. I shouldn't be required to do shit. You know what I mean? But I don't think I can just leave a kid high and dry like that. Because at the end of the day, with situations like this involving children, what I've learned through through my trials and tribulations, it's best to always try to look at what's the best thing for the kid. And let's say if I'm around the kid, the kid's, let's say, four or five years old, we have a bond already. If I have a five-year-old, they're going to know me. They're going to be around me a lot. I have a bond with them. The five-year-old doesn't know the mama is on some bullshit. So how do you move forward with that? Of course, you could be mad at the woman. But my suggestion is because of how many black babies don't have a structured environment, how many black babies don't have a structured father in the home and don't have these type of situations, it's important that we look out for our babies. You got to realize you black. So I would recommend to any dude out there, figure out a way to still um, be there for the child if you could. You know what I mean? Wanting the mom to go to jail, wanting the mom to have to pay you back, wanting the mom to have to go through something disciplinary, you know I mean, get be, be disciplined for her actions in some way, sure. But at the end of the day, too many of our babies don't have structured homes. Too many of our babies don't have positive male influences in their life. And again, the kid wouldn't know any of this is going on. So for all my men out there, I would say to you, you got to stick, you, you stick it out. Now, of course, financially, you're not necessarily required to do what you were before. But that don't mean nothing. You should still want to be there. You should still, even if it's just from a mentoring stage, because you would have to gauge it, right? What if you, she tells you the baby not yours, she tells the new dude, and he jump in there, right? That can happen. Then I think you'd be forced to back up a little bit because the new father, the real fucking father, should be involved, should be there, right? And all in all, this could be a beautiful situation where the kid end up having two daddies, if we're going to look at it from a from a completely positive perspective. But at the end of the day, women shouldn't do that shit. And women want, and, and this is another thing, I, and I'll end on this. Women want the truth from us, right? But you got to understand the biggest point of this show is that goes both ways, ladies. That, that Not being sure 
of who the baby's father is, I understand that can be hella embarrassing, right? But again, as men, uh, all of us, we got to realize we've socialized women who are promiscuous to hide it because of the connotation of being promiscuous. You a hoe, you a slut, you out there. You know what I mean? They, these are negative connotations that women don't like to carry. So we need to realize that as a society, we kind of put this on women to a degree, but you got to be honest about that because you ask us to be honest all the time when, and it's just some real shit. Sometime a woman will approach you or you will see a woman and you want to talk to her, right? And everything about her is a lie. She could be tell her mouth could be telling you the truth, but her hair fake. She got on fake eyelashes. Uh, uh, she may got a little the, the little tummy tuck shit. You know what I mean? She got hella makeup on. So I don't even know who you are under all that shit, right? So these are different levels of it. But if we talking being truthful, this goes both ways. And for women, you can put yourself in harm's way if you set up a dude like this. Like it's real fucked up for everybody involved. We don't want kids to get 18, 19, 20 and realize that daddy that they thought was theirs ain't theirs, right? So everybody, you want to prevent this, let's do a better job of who we mate with. Let's wear protection when we have sex. Let's make sure we met somebody in this and we've been with them six months. That don't mean you should have a baby. Lightning doesn't strike that fast, goddammit. You need to wait. You need to relax. You need to figure out who this person is. You need to get to know someone before you have kids. If not, you setting yourself up to be in a situation where you a single parent. You know what I mean? You setting yourself up in a situation where you having sex with multiple dudes and you don't know who the daddy is. You see what I'm saying? So as men, if we come a little more solid and make sure we we 100 in how we approach women, we should be able to see what's going on and kind of go from there. You know what I mean? So this has been another episode, man, of the Melanated Convo Podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show. Please do me a favor and subscribe to my YouTube page, which is Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. Please subscribe to my YouTube page. You know what I mean? So we can get the likes up, so we can get the um, so we can get the numbers up on the show. My, also, my website, melanatedfathers.com. We'll be back here in a few weeks. I had some my site crash and somebody hacked my site and it was like several hundred articles and news stories and everything. So my guy that I work with is doing his best to get everything back on par for me. So that should be popping off really soon. Until then, go to Melanated Fathers TV on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, if you're on um, Apple Podcasts, you can find the show everywhere. Podcasts are um, all digital platforms. You can find the show there. This has been another episode of the Melanated Combo Podcast.